thank you for joining us um, on Hashtag No Limits. I'm your host, Shelly Kino. No Limits is about people that society has put limits on, but who have busted through those limits. Ophelia said in Hamlet, we know who we are, but not who we will be. Actually, she said we know what we are, but not what we may be. And I believe this to be true and that there is no better example of this than the caterpillar turning into the butterfly. As the butterfly emerges into, sorry, as the caterpillar, I'm just off today. As the caterpillar <laughs> literally has to dissolve and remake itself as the butterfly. And then the butterfly has to struggle in order to get out of the cocoon for its wings to be strong enough for it to be able to fly. And that has to be incredibly difficult, but so is busting through limits that society has placed upon you. And not that these limits are intentionally placed or physically placed. These are often limits that people just, their thought process makes them have limits for other people. So if you are like the caterpillar, you can turn into a butterfly. And if you have a support system alongside of you, then you're going to turn into that butterfly sooner and a lot easier. Places where I have seen limits placed on people in society as well as in education are on people that have learning differences and anxiety and learning differences in a lot of different ways. And that brings me finally to my guest today, who's been waiting patiently. <laughs> Shay is a wife, mother of two, fellow master IEP coach and fellow escape room escapee, fellow special education teacher. She is a life coach and she is an education consultant. And I think, did you just tell me that you're now a licensed travel agent? I'm working on it. Why don't I just on add it. one more thing to my life? <laughs> right, because you don't do anything right now. You just sit around and twiddle your thumbs. No, that kind of goes with special ed also too. Yeah, it does a little bit, I agree. So well, that's why I kind of did it. <laughs> Thank you for joining me, and please tell the audience about your different ways of learning. Okay, my different learning things. Um, well, I say, you know, with my thing, well, let me tell you a little thing. I had, so I'm kind of out under the weather. Shelly forgot to tell you that part. I'm sorry. Yeah, she had surgery last week. Oh, Friday. Surgery emergency and yeah. so I'm kind of like not with it so if I'm like stumbling my words that's probably why because I usually don't stumble words I have no problem talking <laughs> she really doesn't and and normally as those of you who watch me weekly know I don't either but it, something in the weather today was causing me to stumble too so it's all good <laughs> it's all good it's just whatever yeah it's just that's life that's how I see it so um with me, um, I see like my disabilities are more my abilities. It has grown me to help others. So like Shelly was saying, um, I do have um, a learning disability. I have, um, a, I'm dyslexic. Let's see, how many would you like to know? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> But I do, um, ever since I was very little, um, starting, I have a twin brother, his name is Jay, 
And um, yeah, Jay and Shay go figure. But <laughs> um, my parents are both both educators. Were both educators, so they understood that I was not progressing like my brother. So at the early age, you know, at one early, you know, something was not quite right or something I was not developing, hitting my milestones. And that is so important in the early childhood and the early development and the, the striving and meeting the milestones. And when a child doesn't meet those, you know, it's important to look into those. And a lot of parents don't know that, right. but, you know, have nothing to compare to. But my parents were very lucky. They had my brother and I, and he's very intelligent, very, well, he's a, some kind of chemical something thing, <laughs> scientist person anyway. And um, so they knew something was not quite right. So my parents started looking into intervention, even back in <clears throat> like um, 74, yeah, 1974. Okay. So with IDEA, that was even a very new thing, right. even being acknowledged. So I am one of those product of <laughs> the whole IDEA when it first started, kind of in the beginning. Right. And going through those sets of the whole thing. So um, I got that early intervention, somewhat, whatever. But I was diagnosed um, or giving intervention for my milestones, hitting those. And I started speech therapy um, as early as three, four. I remember this lady playing with puppets. Mm -hmm. That's all I remember too much. <laughs> That's okay. You can so, have fun and the, the learning came behind it. Yeah. So, you know, playing puppets. But maybe that's why I always love puppets. But um, <laughs> she um, taught me to speak. And, you know, and then, even though then I, it was still not, you know, going as well or whatever. So I had therapy. Um, or whatever you called it back then. But um, when I was, um, I started like back then, there was like a reading resource or whatever. So mm -hmm. I started um, in resource um, intervention or whatever in kindergarten. I was one of those, the pullout program. Mm -hmm. um, I went to a different class. So, hey, I was <laughs> one of those kids. Yes, you were. I was wondering what the beginning of those kids that got to go to that class. Oh, that class. You know, in kindergarten, it's fine, great. Mm -hmm. And um, and I felt special. And but that's when they kind of knew something. You know, I wasn't learning to read, wasn't learning phonics, wasn't something was not happening. So later on in the progress. Um, that's when they diagnosed me somewhere in there that I had a learning disability. And um, then, um, and I had that until, um, I guess it was just so young or whatever, learning disability, but a reading disability kind of came out of that. Mm -hmm. um, 
but back then you just had a learning disability, not even yeah. a specific yeah. learning disability. And uh, right. so I got a little bit of everything. I even had math and I'm very good at math, but <laughs> um, I got math resource. It helped. Well, there you go. Um, I know. So um, I was in resource all the way until I was in eighth grade and for a learning disability, not knowing really anything about special ed, didn't understand. I just knew I was, so I was different, you know, because I have a brother, he didn't go to those classes. Only those other people like me that thought we could read. We carried those cool books. We thought we could read and we act like we could read. Well, I act like I could read because I was not <laughs> going to be one of those. So, and I was very shy and I was the child that didn't cause trouble, no behaviors, very quiet. Um, I had some friends, you know, I was very likable, but Probably back now, I look at it kind of socially awkward. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, that's do okay. you think I'm going to interrupt you for a second? I apologize for that. But uh-huh. do you think, um, do you recall the teachers? Like, first of all, were you with the special ed classroom all day long, or did you just go in during parts of the day and get a little bit of help? Um, that's a good question. I was like thinking, how could I explain resource back then? Because resource is so not really a lot of difference. You'd be thinking, well, in these however many years now, I'm thinking right. 75, 76, mm-hmm. and now we're in 2020, you know, special ed should be a lot changed. Yeah. It is so sad. And that kind of gives me chill bumps to even think of that. It's not really a lot of difference. And yeah. that's what's so sad. I mean, a lot of things have changed, but some things it's still like it's a hidden thing still yeah. you know there's still those no limit things you know but um resource for me I guess it was kind of still set up the way it is now or whatever but um I remember I had resource for I had reading reading class math class and then I went to a writing class and then I went to some other class some science or social studies or no, it, I did I remember having science and social studies in the regular class okay um because I remember struggling so much because that we did not have any intervention or no inclusion accommodation. Mm-hmm. no accommodations what's that that was not happening and um so I think but that fourth class, it was kind of like, I just remember we did a lot of rotations. We were at desk and we moved the desk to desk to desk. That's all oh, I remember. Okay. And I First remember that. Yeah. And, okay. all that. And, but I remember we did some SRA reading mm-hmm. and we would read these passages and have these questions. Guess what? I was smart enough to figure out how to cheat. So <laughs> now <laughs> I couldn't read. And we had to read these passages to like move to the next session and right. I wanted to right. be moving to the the gold group you know so 
that SRA was a limit and I was like figuring out how not to have that limit. That's just funny. It just came to my mind like that. Oh yeah, that was a limit. Even in society gives us limits, but things give us limits. So it's kind of funny that that SRA, I don't know if y'all ever remember those. I do because I'm close. I'm actually a little bit older than you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and those, I always thought those were great. If they're, if they're the same things, I know. <laughs> but I loved reading and I didn't have a problem with reading like you did. So it makes sense that I loved them and you hated them because, and I don't know what the letters, I don't know what the letters stood for. <laughs> but you know, um, Maya Angelou says, you know, once you know better, you do better. And at the time we didn't, the teachers didn't know better. No, so they that's didn't. what they did. You, you know, know, and some teachers still kind of do that kind of style, though. Oh, so yeah. That's another. I've, I've seen some SR, actual SR issue with there. That's how I kind of, that's another part of my Master IP part is how to help readers, help mm-hmm. kids learn how to read. So yeah. making sure parents know how to make sure they get what they need for reading. So but resource was like that. Um, but um you know, back then, I think maybe 30 minutes for each class. Okay. But I remember still doing regular class, regular reading, regular math in the regular class. But I don't ever remember any accommodations. Okay. So then going back to, and then I was in special ed until I was in eighth grade. And um, I had Miss Tony. She was my um, resource teacher. And somewhere in between seventh, eighth grade, um, I was kind of phased out of special ed. And um, which was a good thing and a bad thing. But I remember somewhere having that conversation with her or she having it with me or some. I don't remember the whole. I'm kind of a little out of that. Oh, right. But somehow it faded out. And... um, in ninth grade, um, I was at one school, and I still had a little something interventions part, but not like a special ed. Okay. Um, but then I moved to a new school district, and I was no resource, no special ed, oh, no nothing. Wow. And. Which, if that's appropriate, that's wonderful. But right. if that wasn't appropriate, that's not so good. Right. And so back then, we didn't know. You know, you just kind of like, okay. So backtracking there, really and truly, as I talk about that SRA and all that kind of stuff and and learning actually to read, um, I really, I mean, I've tracked it back and and being a teacher myself, I have tracked all the way back to where the breakdown was or what happened or why I didn't learn how to read. And oh, that's back to the disability part, learning to read and not to the learn to read. Um, I really don't think I learned to read really until I was in the sixth grade. Okay. And then not really learning to read. Um until I was, or understanding reading, mm-hmm. until I started teaching reading. 
which is wow. very scary, you know, because it was just like I was able to read and comprehend enough to get by. Yeah. You know, in high school, I got enough to get by. And that is so scary to think about that because so many kids now, we have so many resources out there that can we can help kids, I guess. Right. But, you know, but I went even through college not even really knowing how to read. Right. You know, like so really... I can you comprehending. explain that? Okay, there you go. Yeah, because when you're seeing I mean, I could, you know, anybody can read a book. Mm -hmm. And that's what I tell parents and I tell students. I sit, you know, and that is a very big drive on me. It's comprehension because I can look like I can read. But if I can't tell you at least five things or three things about what I just read, you haven't really read what you're reading. Right. And so, that's a really good point, Shay, because oftentimes teachers do that. And, it, it, and we know what we mean when we say your child is struggling to read. But from a parent's perspective, they're like, well, my child can read those words on that page. And what we truly mean is your child is able to read the words, but not get any meaning from those words and not make sense and comprehend what it is that they're reading. And like you just said, be able to give some details or give an overall concept of what you mm -hmm. just read. Yeah. So and, that's a know, really that's a, and this is a teaching moment real quick, parents or whoever wants to know this. <laughs> comprehension. This is what I tell parents um, or even my students. You know, when you read something, if you could answer the five questions, who, what, when, where, and how, not always how, that's a, that's a harder one. But if you could answer those four things from a sentence, even to a small sentence, mm -hmm. a question or to a sentence, a paragraph, to an essay, even to a chapter or even a book, you're wasting your time. Right. Because time is precious, especially working with children. Every moment that they're not learning to read is a time that they're losing to be able to explore the world right and and it's just it's just so i guess that's one of my teachable moments is that um is be able to do that you know that's your copper that's your basic of comprehension right and as for the primary grades like kindergarten first second grade it truly is learning how to read how to blend the sounds, how to, you know, the fact that those little squiggles that we call letters have sounds associated with them. They were just, I don't know what those things were. I didn't right. see those things. Right. And so that's usually, you know, kindergarten, first, second grade that we are learning to read. But then around third grade, fourth grade, depending on, you know, exactly the area, no. when we start reading to learn. Correct. So it's around third or fourth grade where that comprehension piece comes in. And that's oftentimes where kids will become <laughs> eligible for the IEP under a specific learning disability, because then it is found out that, oh, okay, this child can read words, but they're not getting anything from those words or that sentence. And that's, that's an excellent point because even, I mean, every sentence has to have a noun and a verb in it. 
So Correct. You, you get your who. Jesus wept. There's your yes. sentence. What did Jesus do? He wept. Right. Who is the who? sentence about? Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> and right. Simple. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. So, yeah, I mean, a two, even that, even a two word sentence, that's perfect. That's a great example. So there you go. Anyone who's watching this, you just got a, a oh, little. You just got a great teaching moment there. There's exactly. A little insight into teaching and a little insight into reading. Well, like the, hmm, I think, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> very little info. Um, so going back, um, tracking back to that. Um, so thinking back to that part, um, really having the reading disability and a writing disability and not, I mean, now you can be, you know, have more, I think that's a big change that has happened with reading part, the disability part in the reading part is um, now you can have a specific learning disability mm -hmm. and be like kind of keen on that, which there's a double sword on that. There's two different sides of that. As a teacher, I knew that these kids that were struggling as readers needed help in writing. Mm -hmm. However, they didn't qualify for writing. So right. for me, with a learning disability label, I was able to get all services. And that goes into other things. If anybody ever wanted to know, they can look me up and I'll tell them all about it. <laughs> but, um, and I will be giving information on how you can contact Shay. And I can tell you all about those. <laughs> I love all that stuff and the science back the behind that and all that. But um, so for me, just getting all those services. Mm -hmm. So um, I was one of those kids that just flew under the radar, you know, I guess. And so going through high school and then um, I met a lady and um, I guess I'd have been teaching um, a few, well, mm, maybe a few years. Well, I had a reading teacher in college um, and I, as a class, cause you know, as a teacher but, and um, he, um, he asked me one day, he asked me if I struggled at reading and writing. Cause, oh, you should have seen some of my papers. <laughs> and you should have seen some of that spelling. <laughs> and that's before autocorrect. <laughs> Poor people. But, um, but um, he just asked me and, you know, I was so embarrassed and very shy. Mm -hmm. um, and I just told him I had a hard time, but I never would have told, I mean, I went through college without people knowing I had a disability. Right. And looking at it now, I wish I would have let people know to had help, but whatever. Um, that's what are in the bridge. But, but those were limits. I mean, you placed those limits upon yourself then. Oh. Oh yeah, I didn't want to be known for having special ed and be special right. needs and right. having a and disability this, and be and a failure. Why? Know? Okay, so you you felt like you would be a failure if you let them know that. But um, and I was going to ask this question a little earlier 
after my first question, then I didn't get to it. Why do you, or not why, but did the teachers, your gen ed teachers treat you differently or did your classmates treat you differently because you had to leave the room occasionally to go get the accommodations and modifications and the interventions? And do you, you know, think that that is what caused you not to want to say anything when you got to college? You know, I don't really um, remember a lot of that. Um, I have thought about that. Um, I was kind of treated different from the perspective of being compared to my brother, mm-hmm. but not... I mean, not like a bad thing, but just, I don't know. And I might've put that on myself and it might've not been that way or whatever, you know, but looking back, I don't, you know, just from my perspective and seeing it through my eyes, I always thought I wasn't smart enough or whatever compared to him. And so I think that had a priority. But being pulled out for class, I don't ever remember in early elementary because they thought it was cool to <laughs> go to the cool class, you know, because yeah. my classrooms were like all fancy and all special and, you know, because they always made le- learning fun. Right. So they wanted it to go to those classes. And, um, and then early in the upper elementary, uh, I remember a little bit of bullying a little bit of make it you know like ha, you have to go to that class or or the other thing would be I would be sitting in there and people would be looking in the class because I remember a few times like that and then they yeah. would ask questions and I'd be like oh, I don't know I, I would just always say I don't know they told me to come yeah you know? <laughs> right I don't know <laughs> you should be like I don't know and um but I think that was a hard thing um, but, um, and then, so you don't necessarily think that the reason you didn't want no, to tell I'm trying to, I like that. I like that question. I like thinking, but I don't think I ever was, it was ever that part, not, okay. not knowing that part, I guess. I just think it was the limits on myself, not wanting, mm-hmm. you know, not being, known I guess not being out you didn't there. want to stand out for any reason oh, no Mm-mm. that was okay. not happening that was too no 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 okay and you said no. you were shy so I mean that follows too that makes sense yeah that's a good question I'm never I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to research that in my brain <laughs> I, <laughs> See, I, like to make, I like to ask those questions I like I to love those questions I'm gonna have to research question. that in my brain somewhere okay all right and so then you're I'll be back with and you had this and you had this professor who asked you if you struggled with with mm-hmm. reading yeah, and um, and he was my reading teacher as my reading classes I had to take or whatever. So, well, yeah, he was, you know, specialized in reading, so he knew, but nothing really. But that was kind of when I started thinking, hey, there might be actually more to this than I actually knew. And then I graduated from, from college. Um, I wouldn't say barely, but barely. <laughs> <laughs> somehow from the grace of God and from all my parents and my parents and my all my wonderful friends that helped me push me through you know and that's another a big push for me is being an advocate 
being an advocate for yourself, that was a huge thing. I guess that was one of my strengths was that I was an advocate in an underlining way, mm-hmm. not to tell people I, you know, I had a disability, but I knew how to use my resources. And I think yep. that's why I was intelligent, that sneakiness, just trying to figure out how to get somebody to help me with notes, how do people to write my papers or how to get, get help. Right. And not really tell them why I needed help. Okay, wait a minute. I have to clarify. I have to have you clarify something. When you said have people write your papers, you told them what to write and they wrote it or they literally wrote your paper for you? Oh, Shay. No, I wrote my papers. It was all in my mind. No, most of the time. I believe you. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Now, I don't know if I believe you. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> yes, um, I'd say 99.9% of them were me. Okay. How about that? Okay. As long as I, I because, you know, we're both special ed teachers and we help students, you know, it's just with hard. accommodations. And writing is hard. Inscribing, and having someone scribe your thoughts, your ideas, right. your words, mm-hmm. accommodation. So right. that's, I just wanted to make sure that you have people do the assignment for you, but you, right. you, your right. friends were your accommodation in writing them, writing, doing the physical part of yes. the writing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know stuff now. Okay. Like, I don't know about that great mythology stuff. Oh no, I remember that one. Ah, um, yeah, I don't know about that class, but yeah. Well, you know, we all have classes that we don't remember the content when we leave the class, but that doesn't mean we didn't work at them when we were in them. Yeah, I worked hard. That was a hard, and I got a D out of that, and I worked hard. But anyway, uh, but no, I had a, I had great friends, and then that's when they had tape recorders, and you could record what you wanted into a tape recorder, and I would read into my tape recorder. And then I would listen to it, and then I would take hours and hours and hours listening to it and write it down. And that's how I did lectures, and that's how I took notes, and that's how I did everything. And um, if I took, if I, because, and that's another thing. Mine, I have, uh, so mine is a reading disability, as you can figure it out. And I have a writing disability. Also... I have a auditorial processing disorder. Oh my goodness. So what is said to me doesn't come out the correct way all the time. Okay. So if you give me a number or you tell me something, I won't get it, most likely. Like if you spell something to me, I might get the last two letters you said. Or if you give me a number, I might get the last two numbers. I might get one number, even as a, a today, you know. Right. And so as a, in a lecture, that's very hard when you only get, and that's another good te- moment there for teachers and parents and everybody to understand with our kids with a reading disability or auto, audio, audio processing disorder. And I've learned, that's a, newer t- term or whatever right. yeah um because what is in your what you hear and what you get is two total difference it's like your brain doesn't like connect together or something right yep so a lot of brain research there but um to figure out what was going on there 
but only getting what only up say you only get a fourth of what they're hearing in a lecture mm -hmm. or notes or whatever in these students and like me not understanding me you know trying to take notes is whatever I right. could be writing down a sentence and they're already on the 15th or 20th or 30th point and I'm still back on point one right right and it's taking me process time and and as you probably figure now that I'm dyslexic also in dysgraphia so dyslexia is my reading part that I see different I process different phonics I don't understand phonics phonemic awareness all those early things I didn't get I didn't understand until I learned until I started teaching reading and it's still a struggle but and then dysgraphia is the writing part mm -hmm. and the struggling in writing and that's that um, process of learning of writing and there's lots of information on that but um so and then when you're trying to take notes like i was trying to take notes in college not really understanding me um i think that's where i kind of go back to not understanding me was it was a struggle you know trying to take notes right in, in college so that's how i that's why i had people helping me so going back to being an advocate for yourself speaking up so you know having those resources now with technology it is so amazing and um i guess that would be you know through and then um going and so you can imagine all the anxiety all that right that's where the anxiety well that started a long time ago you know way, way back then but you know i deal with that all the time but that's okay and um so going into teaching school i taught school for years a few years and then i had the opportunity um my first year teaching i taught kindergarten go there <laughs> <laughs> teaching kindergarten kids not knowing how to teach reading and so which was an awesome blessing you know because now you know that's when i learned how to teach right did you teach then, gen ed kindergarten oh yeah okay one year i had taught have taught one year of regular kindergarten that's my only year of regular well only one year one year until now i right. teach high school oh yeah i started kindergarten reading and now i teach high school english so yeah <laughs> that's a long thing so anyway that's another story there but um so uh that first year of kindergarten i had these amazing kids and i still remember them all and um but in that year i had like eight or nine kids with special ed special needs like not just a little you know like right like you're mild i had some a lot of special needs and in kindergarten most of those children were not diagnosed or anything back then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so 
I fell in love with T and I've always kind of fell in love with that that population because right. that was me. Right, and exactly. You have a connection with them. Yeah. Yeah. So then um I was able to um I taught a few years and then I went and got my master's <laughs> in all again, you know, and again, that's a limit that a lot of people place. Um, and, and I've, and I've unfortunately heard this from so many teachers that are gen ed teachers working with a student who has a specific learning disability or any kind of eligibility that that gets them an IEP and they'll, you know, they make comments like, well, they're never going to have a driver's license. They're never going to go to college. They'll barely graduate high school. And here you are. And so many people that I know who learn differently have gone on to get that driver's license, get that high school diploma. Some of them graduating with honors. Then they go on to universities, um, some of my former students have gone on to, you know, the one out of the top 50 universities in the country, um, you know, and even, but even without that, just getting a college degree and then like yourself going on and getting a master's and some have gotten a doctorate. Yeah. And, and I, I thought about that, but no, thanks. But <laughs> I have a lot. I probably, if I pushed all my hours together after my master's, I probably could have got a doctor, but then when I went and got my master's, um, I went straight hearted for being a uh, special ed. Um, so I got my master's in special ed, but I had a professor. And uh, when I got my doctorate, uh, my doctorate here, I'm back to doctorate. <laughs> not doctorate, not even, maybe a doctorate in my brain. My master's, um, it was a, a behavior assessment class. And because I had to declare like three, I, you had special ed back then, special mm -hmm. ed masters, but you had to declare like three areas. And I got like special ed law and then I got behavior and, and, then, and then I got assessment. And so um, in my assessment class, I think it's, uh, it was an assessment class because, and I remember my teacher putting up this, this grid on this on the chalkboard or whatever because i don't think it was dry race back then but chalkboard. No, chalkboard. <laughs> and so she put oh i'm it was like an overhead but she put it up onto the chalkboard or whatever oh, right yeah you yeah. know but Those i remember it was an, no overhead or, overhead is. Yeah. an overhead yeah <laughs> you know all her little thing yeah and and she just did like these battery of things assessment and and I remember her um, saying, tell me what you see. This was the first time I was like, and she said, draw exactly what you see. And oh. I remember what you see. Everybody in the class passed that part. Uh, I didn't, <laughs> but that's okay. But um, I mean, I passed the class, not the one I'm saying. Right. But that those like these assessments she was doing, and she didn't tell us what these assessments were because we were learning how to do assessments. Right. And because I was able to do, I'm able to do assessments, and 
and but she would just pull up things or whatever and and then um one one afternoon or one day or something or whatever um i got this message i needed to come to her office and, and no matter how old you are, if you get called into the teacher or the professor's classroom yes. or office up to the desk, you're still scared. Yes, it was horrible. I remember. And and so I had to make an appointment and, and she told me it was no big deal. It was not an it was very important, but and then and then she finally said, You're not in trouble. I'm like, <laughs> okay, okay, I'm not lost my right, you know. So yeah. So anyway, she went over my stuff with me and it kind of makes me cry because not cry like, but like of joy that somebody actually understood that something was going on. Right. Remind you, I was, had already went through elementary all the way through undergrad into my master's and I had a professor figure out that I had a disability, not just a re-learning disability. Uh, and major things going on. And uh, see, it does kind of, it still gives me tears. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's not my experience and I, yeah, I, I, I still live. I'm getting emotional and just thinking about <laughs> what that must have felt like to you. Yeah. And, um, and she said, can you explain your answers to me? And I was like, oh my gosh, she'd think that she didn't overgood. <laughs> like I would get kicked out or whatever, you know? Right. And, um, and I said, well, you told it, told me to like that part of the test, you know, answer the that draw a writer or whatever, exactly what we saw. And that's what I did. And she said, oh, and so she pulled out all this, you know, back then that was before all the computerized information and stuff. Right. And so she pulled out this stack of papers about that. I remember it, it, it was huge and she laid it on this paper. So she would have been studying me without me knowing <laughs> I was case one of her study. You know, <laughs> an adult with a disability and didn't really know, I guess. That right. She, um, and she, and it probably wasn't even that thick, but it, it was just, I remember it in my mind. Yeah. It wasn't, but, and she said, did you know you have a disability? And I said, mm, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, but I don't really think anything about and she said, well, you probably need to. <laughs> this is what you have. And she said, has anyone ever, I mean, like, she was so, not dumbfounded. That's not what I'm saying. That, that's not the word. Right. I can't think of that word. But she was like, like in awe, I guess. Right. Like, I had went so far and so mm -hmm. without accommodations. Uh -huh. without supports, without anything, you know, without people even knowing that right. I had a disability. Right. So she told me all this, you know. So 
then then it was found out that I had to take the GRE to even graduate. Oh. And well, I did take that thing. <laughs> but she stood on my behalf and told I mean, I had to meet with the dean of students and tell him tell him everything. How I did everything, you know. How mm -hmm. did I get into graduate school without a GRE? Because back then you were supposed to have a GRE score or taking it. Right. You know, I was just fortunate not to have to take it because I would have never got into graduate school with a G with without with my grade point from oh. undergrad. Right. At all whatsoever, because it was like a two point something, maybe an average there, low average, you know. Right. So I knew, you know, and I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to kick me out. They're going to kick, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I was almost finished with my master's by this time. It's kind of funny now. But, and then, um, and so I told him my story and she presented me to the school and um, to my, for the college. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I graduated with my master's with a three, 3.75. Oh my gosh, and good for you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it can happen. So, you know, I had a, I was one of those that just kind of, uh, like I said, fly on the radar. That was a great time to be flying under the radar. But with that professor, I was very um, enlightening into my life, trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. But being, still in the shadows of my disability, it still continued. Um, I did not, I don't let, I didn't let people, now I don't have a problem with it. Hello, I'm live here. But, <laughs> um, I did not, even as a teacher, and I think that if I had to redo something in life, I would have let people understood long time ago that I did have a disability and it mm -hmm. wasn't, I should have used it as an ability, but now, you know, but um, I taught um, for 23 years and that's a long time. Yes, it is. And um, as I well, one year, kindergarten, regular kindergarten, as a special ed teacher, not knowing, no one knowing that I had a disability. Wow. Because I, I put that limit on myself. And some, I guess the, I still think it's the backlash. And I know that's, you know, those kids out there now, that's why I fight for so much now. It's those kids that are ashamed of it. Right. And um, so I guess 23, yeah, 23 years, uh, you know, all those years, um, you know, being an ADHD that I am extremely, you can probably tell here, Shelly is sitting still the whole time. No, Shelly's not sitting still, but. Not mood or anything, at least her whole body here. And 
here I'm moving. I am moving completely. I see there it's all over. However, um, and ADD, you know, if there wasn't, there's not ADD, but there is an ADD. There were me, the attention part, um, being able to stay focused. Um, our kids are out there, you know, that Shelly, they're out there and parents, you know, so that's just a little bit about me, but oh, just a little bit, 48 minutes for me, you know. <laughs> Sorry, but, there's uh, a map flying around. <laughs> oh, and so, um, how my disability has helped me, I think goes to now. Oh, I mean, it has helped me all through that really understanding me, understanding how I can be used in my, my master IEP coach, in my life as a life coach, all my other endeavors. Right. I call them in my endeavors now because right. I don't put limits on myself. I get like, no, that sounds good. I'll do that for a while. Man. Yep. You know, you know, it's just like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll like that. And so, um, and I think with ADHD, it's very hard um, completing things. That's one of my biggest things. I start things, hey, <laughs> but the follow through is the hard part. But I have friends like Shelly that would keep me like, hey, or I have other people that check in on me and say, have you done this? I like my timesheet. I have this amazing ball or, or say, have you tried done your timesheet? You're not going to get paid if you don't. <laughs> you know, okay, here I'm writing it. And yep. You know, keeping me on those time limits and time, you know, yeah. and, and I guess, and that's a, and putting those um, boundaries in place um, for myself, um, it's hard, you know, just because I think I kept myself in that box for so long in my life that now that I'm like that butterfly, I moved out of, you know, it's just like I have... Right, I've changed, you know, and it's and it's not been an easy one whatsoever, you know. No, it's not. But you know, that's just how things are, and and if I can, you know, and I know I've helped lots of children, and I that's my one of my biggest pride is teaching kids to read mm -hmm. and write. You, you know, that yeah, is one of my amazing things, and. And to help kids, um, you know, Shelly, I've got, you know, a lot of success stories in kids. and But, you know, when you get those notes from parents saying, hey, you did this or you did this. But I got this post the other day on Facebook. And and uh, she didn't ask it. She probably don't care. But I won't say his name. <laughs> but I had him when he was... He was younger and behaviors kind hmm, of help on those that's issues a little bit, you know. Yeah. I mean, a strong ADHD, you know, yeah. all the way, you know, and and teachers want to put him in the box, you know, and 
and he was not having that. And um, but so intelligent, and you know, and and has a disability, and and that's okay. And he and his mom sent me his. He took his graduation pictures, you oh. know. Yeah. And she sent them to me, and I was like, and she's like, he's finally doing it, you know. And I was like, oh, thank you for sharing, you know. That is just so yeah. amazing. And you know, and then, and then with this master IP stuff, um, I've been like putting posts or whatever about different things. I'm like, and um, so there goes the squirrel, my hair, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, ADHD moment. Um, <laughs> but um, you've been putting posts out for your master IP. Oh yeah, coach. that's it. Say, <laughs> um, that's okay. That's why we have friends. <laughs> I know you're right. And um, she put I post something about you might have, I think you said it about, but it says it was a picture of me and and if somebody wants I'll post it again. But it's really cute. I did it myself, but it was like a picture of me and what does a disability look like? And then, and, and then I had like a, a thing pointing to me and, and then I had something else or whatever. And then it was a picture. If you ever wondered what a person with a disability looks like, and it was mm -hmm. a picture pointing at me. Do you remember? Maybe it was yeah. Post. And so a parent posted on that, that I had, oh my I had this student. This student is married and has kids. <laughs> yeah, I taught that child. But that child <laughs> was mislabeled, misdiagnosed. Oh, that happened. And I fought for that child for her. She was um, given the disability of intellectually disabled. And I had that child in my resource class. And I got, I remember, I can tell you exactly, and this is a funny real quick. Her <laughs> mom, and she's going to send this to her. Her mom was in the car rider line. And I said, I got myself, when I looked at that paperwork, and I was a young teacher. And this is kind of my master, that was when I was kind of getting my master area in that area. Mm -hmm. And kind of learning and stuff. And I got in, that, in the car, Carlisle Brown. <laughs> And I told her, I said, you go around in the circle. We're not picking her up yet. I got to talk to you. Here, this teacher, this well teacher, getting in a car and a parent. I mean, I, was, I knew my parents. I yeah. knew my parents, you know. I, and I said, do I said, keep going. Don't pick her up. She's over there. She'll be fine. <laughs> and so we went around. And I, I took my teacher hat off and I told her. I said, your child is mislabeled. I said, I don't know how, what, what we're going to do, how we're going to get it changed, but we're going to get it changed. And, um, and so she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember that. I just remember getting her car in the car rider line and telling her to go. And you know that that's an that's an amazing story. I wasn't because a teacher then because you know, I had an vehicle and I left. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it takes, Shay, is somebody just like your college professor 
had to stand up with you and for you and explain to others, you know, this person has a disability. And, and to, like you said, like, I mean, we don't promote ourselves as master IEP coaches as advocates because typically that no comes with an adversarial mindset. But we are there to help people see the, the whole situation differently, whether that's on Man. the parent side or that's on the, on the education side or the therapist side. Um, and so it, that's exactly what you did, you know, just getting in there and saying, look, I'm, I'm learning this stuff and this applies to your daughter and, and her situation. And we need to address her disability differently to continue to help her break through those limits. And that's a perfect story to wrap up um, our whole talk today. And I know we really didn't get into how different it is for your students now. And sorry, <laughs> I don't know if you heard that noise, but my yeah, husband. I do, I hear every noise and I also hear every noise. Every my husband noise. is, is, is uh, doing some stuff. He's gotten into canning and and uh, so he's, he's uh, taking care of some of that right now. But um, drying things. He, he just recently got a dehydrator. So he's um, mm. doing some of that stuff too. But um, so we may have to have you back on so that okay. you can talk about, you know, what is going on for your students now and how different that is compared to when you went through school. I mean, you talked about it a little cool. bit, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, we could certainly have you back on sometime um, and, and continue this conversation. What you shared today was so amazing. Um, walking us through your journey and being willing to share all of that, I can't thank you enough um, because there is somebody or some bodies who are gonna hear that and go, I can do it. Look at all the things that she had to go through to get what she is doing now, to get where she is at now. If she can do it without the accommodations, <laughs> And without the interventions and without the support, and I've got the support, I can do it too. So I really, I, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I really feel like this was very inspirational today and very motivational. And I, um, I just can't, I just can't say thank you enough. Um, for anyone who follows me, um, please make sure that you like this. You give it a thumbs up. Um, if you want to follow Shay, you can find her. She's on Facebook. She's on Instagram. She's on LinkedIn. Um, she does have a website, which I'm going to try to quickly share that. Uh, I'm running out of time, so I don't know if I'm going to get to it or not. It's not wanting to work. Okay. Uh, this one really quick. Yeah, one minute. I know. <laughs> so there it is. It's MSA, MSHA dot. K-E forward slash Shay Spears um, forward slash hashtag about. And um, I just want to, again, I just want to thank you for joining us. Make sure you tune in Friday for Friday with Fran. It is a delayed start. It will start at 1.30. So please join us at 1.30. And then next week on hashtag no limits, I will be interviewing Dennis Farrar. He will be the, the first of the official hashtag no limits male to join the program, but he will be the second dad that we that I've interviewed. Um, and he has a grown son with autism. And he is a financial planner specializing in helping families with a child with special needs prepare financially for that child's future.
So I've got 12 seconds. I thank you all again for joining us. Thanks so much. Bye-bye, everybody.